It's the end of the school year and performing at the Spring Festival is the only thing left that matters. Can punk rock conquer petty drama and teenage heartbreak? Or will the Toho guys get left out in the rain? Find out in episode 48 as we discuss Linda, Linda, Linda. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm V, your host for this episode, and joining me always are Alex. Hey, hey. And Joey. Hello, everybody. And this episode, we're going to be talking about 2005's Linda, Linda, Linda. Do you have any history with this movie? I do not, apart from uh, hearing the name a few times, uh, because I know people named Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joey? Uh, Yeah, I had seen this movie. I don't remember why exactly, but I think I had seen it, like maybe advertised or something, and I had asked for it and got it as a Christmas present. And uh, before my, I think my mom could get it to me, uh, her dog had chewed on it. So my uh, DVD case is uh, very, very chewed up as uh, we posted on uh, our Twitter account, (laughs) a photo of that. But um, yeah, I I think so it was more or less a blind buy. I didn't really know much about it, but I think I was in a little bit of a kind of like mid 2000s Japanese movie kick before I really, really got into uh, watching Japanese film. And um, it set me on a path of like, you know, we can talk about this more, but getting super into the Blue Hearts and and stuff like that too. Um, I think it was maybe partially inspired by the fact that I was really into the pillows and then there was kind of a somewhat female counterpart to them called the Noodles that I gotten really into. And so maybe I was just kind of like uh, girl rock, Japanese girl rock groups uh, were on my mind or something. Um, Yeah, I had never heard of this movie before. I was a little familiar with the Blue Hearts kind of Mm -hmm. through the same osmosis of of J-Rock stuff. Um, I'd heard of this movie before through like usually in the same breath with Swing Girls as just Mm -hmm. being kind of like fun high school girl Japanese movies. Um, But aside from the base premise, I didn't know anything about it. So I was also going in pretty blind. Cool. Um, so this uh, Linda, Linda, Linda was directed by Nobuhiro Yamashita, who uh, the screenplay for this is one that won a screenwriting award and then was picked up by a producer and Yamashita did a rewrite and his biggest change was inserting uh Sung, the Korean exchange student, as a focal character. Uh, speaking of, Sung is played by Duna Bay, uh, who Western audiences are likely familiar with through the Wachowski films, uh, Cloud Atlas, um, Jupiter Ascending, and uh, the TV series Sense8. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, you know, uh, we looked, I watched this with Melissa and we looked uh, her up afterwards and um, I didn't realize that she was the same person. I totally like held up my <laughs> phone and was like, she's the raver girl from uh, <laughs> from uh, uh, Jupiter Ascending because she has a total like 90s thing going on with like these blue pigtails and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's also in the uh, Korean film Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, uh, The Host, and uh, another Japanese film, Koreeda's uh, Air Doll. Oh, cool. Uh, so she is a pretty well-known star in Korea, Japan, and the U.S. Um, Kyoko, our drummer of the band, uh, which the, the haven't mentioned yet, but the premise of this movie is uh, a group of girls in the band perform at their at the talent show for their spring festival mm-hmm. um kyoko the drummer is played by aki Meda, who uh, is most notable for playing noriko in battle royale yeah yeah i i didn't really make that connection either until i was looking up the cast list and i was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Kay, the keyboarder turned guitarist, is played by Yukashi, who I didn't see anything. She's got a decent filmography as well, but nothing that I was familiar with. Um, and is apparently the wife of Joe Odagiri. Mm. He's a he's a common writer, right? Uh, I only know him for some of the other movies that he has done, although I've never actually seen any of them. I just recognize okay. my title. <laughs> um, and finally, for the main cast is uh, Nozomi on the bass, played by Shiori Sekine, who is actually not an not primarily an actress. She is the bassist for a band called Baseball Bear. <laughs> That's an excellent name for a band. Nice. Um, and there's this movie is obviously like full of musicality and has a couple of other uh, notable cameos or, or musicians playing roles. Uh, Moe, the uh, original singer, vocalist of the band, is a singer named Shione Yukawa, who does have a small singing part at the end of the film. And the uh, the guitarist friend of Kei's, uh, Takako, is played by a musician named Hanako, who is the lead vocalist and guitarist in a band called Meism. Yeah, I called her the uh, roof urchin. Yes. We were watching. <laughs> yeah, she's um, great. And uh, finally, the most bizarre cameo in this, at one point during a dream sequence, uh, we can talk more about later, Kay is uh, at the Budokan performing for the Ramones and Pierre Taki. And Pierre Taki is uh, a member of the band Denki Groove. Oh. I've heard of Denki Groove, but the reason that Pierre Taki sprung out to me in this is he is uh, most recently known for having his likeness scrubbed from the game Judgment because he was arrested <laughs> on drug charges in Japan. Oh, nice. boy. And uh, in Japan, because of the, everything surrounding celebrity and crime, they actually took all the copies of Judgment off the shelves and then re-release the game with his likeness and voice removed. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, Denki Groove did the theme to Devil May Cry Baby, um, as well as some other anime mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, uh, something else, uh, obviously there's a lot of music from the Blue Hearts in this, um, who are a super influential uh, Japanese rock band in the mid to late 80s through i'm not sure when they actually broke up i think it was until like it was like 95 or something yeah um but uh they're they're incredibly well known in japan really fun band most of their members have gone on to other musical projects and are still um doing things which uh my partner when listening to this actually recognized the vocalist from uh naruto opening Oh yeah, <laughs> that one of the uh, one of the spinoff projects uh, did uh, one of the Naruto openings. I think is called Assault Rock or something. Mm. Uh, the first um, <clears throat> Detective Conan uh, themes are also by I think the Hilos, which is his band. Um, it's one of his bands mm-hmm. uh, did the those Conan themes. I think the uh, the one that did the uh, Naruto opening is the Cro Magnons. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which makes me wonder if that was inspired by the uh, the American punk group, the Cro-Mags. Mm-hmm. Um, and very interestingly, the uh, original soundtrack, the score to this film, was actually composed by Smashing Pumpkins guitarist James Eha. Mm. Huh. Um, which Smashing Pumpkins was probably my favorite band back in high school, so I'm pretty familiar with his work. <laughs> Fitting. Um, which I actually appreciate in, in addition to all the like really fun music in this, the score itself is really different in tone. It's a lot of very like soft, uh, kind of folksy guitar, mm-hmm. but, uh, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, the score to life is strange actually. Um, which is like also, a, a like friendship mm. girls coming of age, high school thing. Uh, which I thought was fitting, but um, yeah, I th- I just, all the music in this is great and fun. 
Yeah, I thought the I thought the instrumental music was good, like very mellow and and fit the tone of the movie very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to the summary, the uh, the film starts the school getting ready for their their big spring festival. Um, and there is drama going on between our main characters because the vocal or the guitarist for the band Moe has broken her finger in gym class and the vocalist Rinko has tried to replace her, uh, with one of their classmates, which infuriates Kay. Um, and, uh, everybody has basically, or the, the two of them who are the founders of the band have, split apart and refusing to work together. But Kyoko, the drummer decides to try to get everybody back together and still put on a performance for the talent show Mm -hmm. uh, at the festival and manages to convince Kay to, to come back along with Nozomi, the bassist. They are looking for a cover song instead of the original song that they tried to, or had put together as a group and while searching through many discs and cassettes, they find a cassette of the Blue Hearts performing Linda Linda, and they all excitedly sing along, recognizing the song, and decide to cover it. Mm-hmm. And uh, later they decide to, they need a vocalist. Kay is going to play the guitar, even though she does, is a keyboardist and doesn't know how to play guitar. They are looking down the hallway, decide to grab the first person they see coming down the hallway as their new vocalist. But the first person they see is actually Rinko. Uh, but after a very salty exchange between Kay and Rinko, they see Korean exchange student Son uh, coming down the stairs and yelling at her from across the, the courtyard, uh, kind of ambush her into being their new vocalist, mm-hmm. which she initially <laughs> tries to be like, wait, what? <laughs> and deny but they convince her uh, even though she doesn't really know how to sing and uh, then we embark on a number of of scenes uh, of them practicing getting to know each other some furtive efforts at love between high schoolers um, but they the, they become friends, the band comes together, and then on the big day, uh, they all manage to sleep in through the time slot for their performance and have to rush through the rain to get to the talent show, but manage to get there soaking wet and perform in front of a excited audience. And everybody is happy and has fun at the end. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so, Joey, how did you feel about this? I love this movie and I, I I really enjoyed revisiting it. Um, I think that's interesting about it is it's a pretty like sleepy movie. Like there's a lot of kind of long still shots, uh, even of the like characters, not particularly doing anything, just kind of staring into space or, or waiting a while before speaking to each other and stuff. And, you know, that's uh, I think it kind of makes the movie move at a relaxed pace um, but like also kind of captures this like aspect of being a kid where there's a lot of downtime, um, in an interesting way. Um, and I really love, uh, what I really love about this movie is like following Son and her, like watching her kind of start to open up to them. And you like, you don't really, I, I didn't really have a very clear sense of her personality for a while but then she starts kind of joking around a lot more with them and stuff and then you get to really see who she is and uh, by the end it's very satisfying to see this person with the language barrier kind of uh, making great friends and and singing you know belting out punk lyrics uh, in front of a big uh, group of dancing kids and stuff Uh, so yeah really fun And, and like I said it inspired me to to look up the blue hearts and, and get into them, which is uh great, uh, was benef- beneficial to me on another level. Yeah. Son's arc is really cool where she starts out and her only friend appears to be this much, much younger girl that she hangs out and reads manga <laughs> with. So like when she starts interacting with her classmates awkwardly at first is, uh, just some real fun growth by the end of the movie. 
I love uh, like towards the end when uh, there's a scene in the like uh, Korean exchange room or whatever, uh, and one of the characters comes in and the little girl is in there and they say, who are you? And it's never answered. And I was like, yeah, who, who is she? <laughs> yeah. It's like, did I miss something? Is she like part of her host family? Like how, why is she friends with this little girl? That's kind of what I assumed is that she's the daughter of the host family or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was funny. Uh, she's, she's for her small part. That girl was a pretty good actress. I really love when she spoils the manga that son is reading, but then is like, Oh, you'll <laughs> like it anyway. Um, Alex, what did you think about this? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, <clears throat> initially, um, I didn't know what to make of it. Um, it felt sort of like a, uh, I don't know. I, I, it, I was wondering if it was based off of a light novel or something beforehand. Because um, it seemed very like, a, I don't know, it was like a shoujo program, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, you know... Uh, crushes gr- going around and um, uh, yeah I ended up really loving it the the music is really fantastic I didn't know who the blue hearts were at all until this movie um, and uh, now I'm I'm super keen on them uh, the characters are all really great uh, they all have really distinct personalities I really do love uh, son like a lot Um she just has like this tremendous, uh, this tremendous burst of growth throughout the movie, and having having a character who is um, where where the main language of the movie isn't their first language, I, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting. Uh, that was a really interesting part of the movie. Um, yeah, that's the thing that's kind of difficult to convey with th- when when you're watching a movie that's in another language and then you're watching it subtitled in your language. Like if they switch languages, sometimes it takes me a minute to like realize that that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I, I especially the first time I saw this, I remember kind of they never very explicitly say <laughs> this is Son. She is a Korean student. She doesn't speak Japanese very well. And, you know, it took me kind of a minute to pick up on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked that though. Mm-hmm, like, definitely uh, that 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 wasn't like her being exchange student and her not being able to speak Japanese very well wasn't a part of her character. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just uh, you know, it, it was just sort of a fact. Yeah, and um, it had no real. I mean, I guess it had a bit of an impact on her personality because you know you're you know she's shy, and and you know. But uh, the the fact the fact of the matter is that they didn't really use that as a crutch, and I was really I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as for me, I really enjoyed this. Like this kind of story is right up my alley. Um, like I said, I got weird life is strange vibes. Uh, not <laughs> there's no like sci fi stuff, but like girls in high school getting to know each other and being friends. Um, that kind of vibe is always fun to me. And yeah, it's just like a really nice positive coming of age film. Yeah. Um, I like that you mentioned the like attempts at romance that are, everybody has got crushes (laughs) and stuff going around. Uh, but I like that that's not the kind of focus of the movie. Like those things are going on, but it's really about, the the band and their friendship and their like efforts to get the show on Mm -hmm. um i do like the the kind of like gentle sleepy mood of this but as i frequently complain this is another two-hour movie that i feel like Mm -hmm. maybe didn't need to be quite that long yeah yeah Uh, i saw the runtime was a little daunting at first i was like okay well here we go (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there there are a couple of the more quiet parts where uh, I was just kind of like, okay, I I understand, let's go. But it really does contribute to the mood where, like I said, I feel like gentle is a good word for those moments. Mm. And then the moments where things are happening, they're actually like, they mostly feel good, uh, except for the one awkward scene I'll talk about a little later. Um, But yeah, this is just like a fun, sweet movie and I loved it a lot. 
Um, uh, so Alex, are there any favorite parts that you would like to highlight? Oh man, I, uh, it's uh, hard to narrow them down. Uh, the easy answer is probably the concert at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's, it's been built up at this point and the girls have had a really rough day of it. Uh, so to speak. Um, and, uh, that was like when the music really started to resonate with me, like over the course of the movie, I was like, Hey, these are really fun melodies. But then like when she's actually belting it out and everybody is automatically super into it, like they're very politely clapping for every other act before, before them. And then as soon as, as soon as uh, the music really kicks in, everybody starts like moshing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's such a delightful, uh, a delightful scene. And, um, I'd say really good payoff for the movie. And, uh, and I think it's a really awesome contrast to, uh, the earlier scene where son goes to the, uh, like at night she goes to the stage by herself when it's empty and does a little, you know, uh, band introduction thing, which I was going, I was kind of hoping that she would do that, um, right off the bat. But, uh, I thought that was a really fun and cute contrast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that moment where like she gets up there and things aren't the way that she imagined it, but then decides to persist mm -hmm. and the crowd goes wild anyway. It was yeah. just like so affirming. <laughs> um, Joey, were there any parts you want to highlight? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, a big part of this movie that I really loved is just kind of discovering <laughs> the blue hearts. Like I, I remember being very frustrated with this movie that the end, the song that they finally play up from the blue hearts in its entirety over the end credits, isn't Linda, Linda, Linda. And I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? And I was like, I want to hear this song. And that's what like pushed me to like really pursue them. And then finding that I really loved it, at least like the first album, I think is kind of perfect, like very simple punk rock. And I think as they go on following a kind of similar trajectory to the Ramones and bands like that, that they, they start getting more produced and they have some more kind of hits and misses uh, for me. Uh, but um, I did love kind of that exposure to a whole other band that I'd never heard of. That's obviously kind of like super well known, like um, uh, an aspect I liked about this kind of as the choice, uh, I keep kind of comparing it to the Ramones, uh, is that like, they're very well known. People know the songs, uh, they're popular enough that, uh, folks know them. Uh, but it also is still like a cool choice. Like anytime they say that they're doing the blue hearts, they always get this kind of like nod of like, Ooh, nice. Good choice. You know, from, yeah. People just going like cool yeah. is, is a real through line. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I loved everybody's reaction to it and everybody sounds so mellow and cool. I'm like, I want to be friends with all of these people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Were, were you alluding uh, earlier that you were going to talk about the uh, confession scene between the, the guy that's uh, in love with Son? Yeah, uh, I have the, a couple scenes that I wanted to talk about. Um, I definitely think we should highlight <laughs> that at least <laughs> if you want to like talk about it. I like that scene a lot, um, actually. It's very funny. But before we do that, I, I did want to say that something that I love about Sun and her arc is she like never gets to be a super great singer. But the beautiful thing about punk music is you don't need to be <laughs> yes. like it's more about the kind of like tone and attitude of your vocals rather than than being a competent vocalist. Mm -hmm. And she really does end up nailing it. Um and I, I'll loop back around a little bit to the karaoke bar scene, but yeah, the scene. Oh. So uh, there is a boy that sees uh, Son every day when they're doing school chores and they're taking trash to the incinerator. And she, he uh, arranges with a buddy of his and gets her to come to a cla empty classroom to confess his love in Korean, which he has like studied and learned specifically to talk to a uh, son, one would assume. And just this whole scene, he is like pouring his heart out about how, like <laughs> I see you every day by the incinerator and 
you're so you're so captivating and she's just like okay well isn't okay. isn't the deal that he's so this is one of those language ones where I was having difficulty. I think the deal is that he's speaking, <laughs> he's trying to speak Korean, mm-hmm. but not speaking it very well. And she's then replying back in Japanese. So neither of them are talking in their like native tongue. Yeah. And she's so, there's kind of an ongoing thing with her about how she's a lot more blunt than uh, I think is uh, polite in Japan. Um, and I think that's due partially to um, language barrier and m- maybe also partially just due to culture clash a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the way that she's just kind of like, no, no, thank you. Okay. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. It was just so funny. <laughs> yeah. I think there, there is some, like, I think she gets the gist of what's going on, even mm-hmm. if she doesn't, because she like asks him to repeat the thing when he's talking about seeing her at the incinerator and she's like, Oh, and then, uh, it responds in Japanese, but yeah, just the, like the moment that he's finally like, I love you. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, wait, it, he repeats it. Like he's worried he said it wrong or she didn't understand. And she, her just being after that is like, are, are we done here? Can I go now? <laughs> but something I, I like is that scene is so funny just her reactions. But something I also, I really love about that scene is when she's like, she see, looks over and sees her friends like staring in the window. And she's like, I w- want to go to band practice to be with my friends. And like, when she says that she actually like gets a smile on her face and looks really excited. Mm-hmm. So like this is this rando who like, she doesn't even remember seeing him before. So like, this is maybe he should have spent less time learning Korean and more time, like actually talking to her like a human being. (laughs) Um, but high school kids are dumb. Yeah. Um, but like, she is not interested in this at all. That the thing that she is after is this like genuine friendship and camaraderie between her bandmates. Mm -hmm. And I like that moment made like me smile watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) She has a kind of like, it, that's one of the things that I kind of loved about discovering her personality is that she ends up being like, I think at first because she's very quiet and she agrees to be in the band without understanding what they're saying uh, immediately. Like you can kind of like assume that she's a sort of like meek, agreeable character, but she's actually like uh, pretty sassy and has a pretty like good sense of humor and stuff. Like I, I like that scene in the, um, in the music studio when she's like, are you her ex-boyfriend? And everyone's kind of like, oh, this is awkward. You shouldn't be saying this. And she's just kind of like, oh, like kind of laughing about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, great. So the the language barrier thing is very interesting because uh, and her just being very um, affirmative mm-hmm. uh, as somebody who um, for a very long time spoke Greek and then uh, forgot it over time. Uh, every time I go back uh, to Greece and they say something that I don't know, I'll just smile and nod politely and I'll say yes. <laughs> like just to get the conversation moving. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that reminded me of completely. Like, or <laughs> yeah, like if you have a bit of a grasp on a language, but you don't fully understand it and you can pick a few words in there and you're like, oh, cool. Um, I'll just be affirmative and everything will be fine. Like that's, that's what I sort of got from her, uh, yeah from her affirmative totally. nature yeah. yeah i feel like i utilize that in english as well sometimes <laughs> <laughs> definitely um uh one of the other scenes i wanted to talk about was when she, uh son goes into the karaoke bar and the guy is like well you're a student so we can only give you these like soft drinks but what would you like? And she's like, I'm not thirsty. I'm just here to sing. And it just like keeps going over and over. And she's, she just completely does not get that. Like the karaoke bar runs on drink service and not actually paying for the room. And he is trying his best to be polite and keeps asking her what she wants to drink. She's like, I'm not thirsty. And the moment she like pulls the water bottle out of her bag to be like, look, uh, and then the cut to her in the karaoke booth with her bottle of water just like <laughs> killed me. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, 
and then the, the the final scene I want to talk about, which is actually maybe my favorite scene, is uh, when Kay is on the roof with Takako. Her the the uh, what did you uh, call the roof her? urchin? Yeah, the roof <laughs> urchin. She's awesome. Um, I love yeah, her. She is great. Yeah, she's got like bleached out hair and is instead of wearing like a school uniform, is wearing like. Uh, track pants with one leg hiked all the way up and a very distinct uh, deep voice yeah, yeah. really smoky voice uh, very um, very like laid back and cool like like I- I've met people like that and I'm like ah oh, man what a what a what a personality like what a what a great person just to be around yeah I yeah. mean it just kind of screamed cameo you know kind of like this is somebody this isn't just like a run-of-the-mill actress or something uh, and yeah, it ended up being she's a musician and then and what I think is a pretty small band. So it must have been the filmmaker's friend or or a band that the filmmakers liked or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, the the way things go, it could have been like a, maybe like a top 50 band of the year that just kind of faded away afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like voice where she sounds like she just eats cigarettes um, <laughs> is pretty great and yeah she stands out as being like very different from everyone else and she's not a professional actress but the quiet scene where she's just talking about Kay and or talking to Kay about like Takako's old band and how she's not playing in the the talent show because to her it wasn't about like the musical performance it was about doing a thing with your friends and it was just like She's just kind of stating the thesis of the movie there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I like that exchange. I like the way she's like, she's just kind of noodling on a guitar during this conversation. And uh, she asks what they're playing. And Kay says a cover, which I guess in Japanese and sub saying cover, they say copies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she's she's one that when Kay is like the, the Blue Hearts, uh, Takako is just like cool and without even <laughs> telling her what song she starts playing Linda Linda on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just really like that scene. It's, it's very sweet and nice. And I like um, if you get a chance, there are a couple of Miyazm songs on uh, floating around on YouTube and uh, that Hanako's like that that kind of deep raspy voice comes across on a lot of the vocals in the songs as well. So oh, cool. I think worth taking a peek at. Um, nice. I, I think another uh, scene worth mentioning is the dream sequence. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, oh my God. What, what, <laughs> what was the deal with the hand? She's like, <laughs> you, your hand's too small for that guitar. So I got you a big hand and he like opens up this case. <laughs> and she puts and it on like a glove. Like, I, yeah. I was like, kind of confused as to what was going on in, in the dream sequence at first and he came, comes out with this case and I was like what the hell is in this case then he opens it and it's just like a very realistic human hand uh, and, and the case like says Yamaha on it like this is a real thing it was, it was just really weird and her mom is there yeah, if yeah you, if you, it, like they don't cake. completely telegraph that it's a dream but you're kind of like okay something's weird here and then they cut from that to just a regular scene that's happening in real life, which makes you even kind of question, <laughs> wait, was that a dream? What, yeah. wh- what, what? And then they cut to the part where she's at the Budokan with the Ramones and who all wave to her and, uh, and, and, and the and guy Kiyotaki. from Denki Groove. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And she's wearing the hand as a glove. Um, <laughs> there's like a little card I tried to Google to see like, that's got to be somebody. I couldn't quite read the like if there's yeah. an autograph. It looked like, like an old like, blues hand. musician or something. <laughs> so it wasn't like BB King or anybody. The big but, hand. Yeah, this is a big hand. It's just <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a dream weird. until she woke up. <laughs> like I was like, what is happening? This movie just so like, and I'm like, oh, it's a dream. Like I had no yeah, no right. idea. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Does it, does Yamaha sell like a big guitar hand? That can't be a real thing, right? What is going on here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, God, it was so good. Um, any other scenes y'all wanted to highlight? I think that's th- those are all the standouts for me, okay. I think. Uh, so shall we dance? Uh, if this was remade for U.S. audiences, what would be different and who would you cast? Uh, did y'all have any ideas on this? I think the concept itself is a pretty like 
universal one. Um, yeah, I haven't seen this, but I Melissa told me that this is pretty similar to a movie called We Are the Best. Um, I haven't seen that either. Say, but I think it's another kind of like high school girls form a rock band type thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a very universal, and I I almost think it'd be interesting or cool with the language barrier aspect to be about like an American group that discovers the blue hearts and wants to cover uh their songs in japanese or something <laughs> like that yeah but, doing uh, an actual like straight american remake of this would be pretty interesting yeah because i think the the language barrier aspect is what really makes it especially unique uh mm-hmm. rather than just kind of uh girls discover rock and become good friends you know mm. Uh, yeah, it's only a good twist. I do feel like a Western remake, they would feel the need to insert insert some stakes. So like the talent show, instead of just being like everybody sh- playing music for the rest of the class at the end of the year would be like a competition where they're mm-hmm. trying to win or something. Oh, yeah. Instead of just being like, it, like I said, I feel like most American audiences would would want a better sense of like, stakes or they'd just be like this movie's about nothing yeah the other girl Um, would have formed a band and they have to like beat her band or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. um which i i did love like rinko kind of like looking on grumpy at the end of the movie (laughs) there's no like resolution to that at all she's just kind of like yeah they have a pretty good Um, little like showdown right before then when (laughs) yeah yeah um uh and and Moe and uh, Takako, the the original guitarist, uh, who is a real life singer, they, to fill time while they're waiting for uh, uh, Paran Paran uh, Maum, which is the name of the the cover band that the girls are in, which is just Blue Hearts in Korean. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Which okay. yeah, Son names the group. Um, but yeah, uh, there there is a brief scene of Moe singing while. Takako plays guitar. Uh, that's pretty, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny how like the talking about escalating stakes, like when we first cut to that auditorium, it's pretty sparse. Like there's not very many people there and a lot of them aren't even really paying attention, but because of the rainstorm, everybody comes in. And so now you have basically the whole school filled yeah. in there. I like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think otherwise it'd be pretty. I don't have any like cast ideas because mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know enough of the up and comers of the uh, Western film scene to like know who could play a bunch of teens. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I feel like even the the like nameless side characters of the kids filming the promos for the for the oh, yeah. Spring Festival, which is like a kind of through line. Uh, yeah, I could see that like being a thing in a Western version as well. Totally. Um, the Takashi Shimura award, uh, who gave the most memorable performance, Alex. Hmm. Come back to me. Okay. Joey. Uh, I, I think I would just have to give it to Bae Duna, the, the Korean actress. Um, I, I think she, really stole it for me. I was completely charmed by her and, and, um, I think she carried the movie more or less. Um, so yeah, I, I'd give it to her. Mm. Um, which uh, as an aside, that was a strange thing when Googling, uh, stuff about this movie that see, uh, her name listed as Bay Duna, uh, in most places where, when, uh, Japanese films or Japanese names on American sites are still listed with um, uh, surname last. Oh, okay. Because um, yeah, uh, Bay is her uh, surname and Duna is her personal name. Oh, okay. I didn't realize um, that. I was I was just looking at a list <laughs> right here. So. Uh, <laughs> if anybody knows why that's a thing, like Wikipedia lists it that way, um, and so do some other sites. Uh, if anybody knows yeah. why. Korean names are listed that way and Japanese names aren't, let me know. Um, I f- wonder if it's just like a there's an ascendancy of uh, like K-pop culture that maybe has changed uh, that practice on Wikipedia or something. Hmm, maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm looking on Letterboxd 
Um, and it's the same. Yeah, that's that's how it's listed. Um, but yeah, I, th- I feel like Sun is. Uh, even though I feel like I, I like Kay a lot as just kind of like she's um, she's got this kind of like morose personality for through a lot of the film, but mm-hmm. she also kind of like opens up and softens up throughout the movie to the point mm-hmm. where the the culmination of the friendship I feel like is when Kay speaks in Korean in the bathroom to Son late in the movie. Oh, to, yeah. And they thank each other basically um, for being in the band together. And uh, it's also one of the shots where there's not like a bunch of fancy camera work or cinematography, but the like like blue green cast across that scene is just an interesting choice uh, that I don't know that it adds anything to the scene, but it looks cool. And the biggest pile of toilet paper that I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I have to give it to to Beduna as song, just yeah. because like her her performance, the the kind of arc she goes on where she opens up and we get to see more of her and it really hit me when she goes to the stage and she also has like this really kind of weird physical performance where she's got some bizarre mannerisms and she's Mm -hmm. always kind of hunched over Mm -hmm. uh, in a posture and the way she kind of shuffles around when she's walking. But when she shuffles her way into the school and goes up on the stage and just starts like fake announcing everybody to this empty crowd was like... Yeah, this is. She, she feels like she's a cut above everybody else in this movie in terms of performance. Yeah, yeah, that's the scene. That's like the standout scene for me. And she was my. She was the one that I was thinking of, but I kind of wanted to gauge what you guys were going to. <laughs> who you guys were going to pick first? Um, yeah, for all the reasons y'all mentioned, uh, she just lights up um, every single time she's on on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you you really have to give somebody who is bilingual like that credit Mm -hmm. for like for really nailing a part like that too um and uh and making you believe uh believe in that part and um you know i i don't know if uh like if she was um really leaning into the not being able to speak Japanese as well bits, but like the, even the moments where she's just, uh, there's this moment where they're, uh, they're all sitting down and they're, uh, chit chatting, uh, and she's telling, um, uh, Kyoko, right. Um, Hey, why don't you tell, why don't you tell, uh, why don't you tell Kazuya mm-hmm. how you feel? But she says it in Korean, like she's completely comfortable uh, at this point with her friends that she's just starting to speak her native tongue. <laughs> And then I, like, I did feel a little bad, yeah. When when Kyoko's like, uh, "You're speaking gibberish," <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, duh!" And then she starts speaking in Japanese. Like it's like that scene is such a great, um, like it's almost every single time throughout the movie chronologically that she is on screen, she becomes more and more uh, comfortable and opens up a little bit more and more with her friends, yeah. and that's really awesome. Yeah, and it's really yeah, cool to it. be able to track that, like you know, movies are most likely shot out of order and stuff. And the ability to track that chronologically is, is awesome. Really good. Um, was there anything else either of you wanted to, uh, say about the film? Uh, no. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm sad that the DVD, uh, when I first suggested this, I, thought the DVD was still available, but it's only available in the aftermarket between like 50 and $150. So my apologies to anyone trying to get this film legit, uh, that didn't already have a 15 year old copy like Joey. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel very fortunate. I didn't realize that it was such a hot commodity. Uh, and you said that Viz uh, released it. Yeah, this is a Viz picture. Like there, there was a short period in that kind of early two thousands, uh, mid two thousands, where Viz was putting out. Like I think they put out the ping pong movie and a few other. Uh, maybe they did Kamikaze Girls. Um, yeah, they they've done a yeah. few. This is Kamikaze Girls. I don't think they did Fish Story though, which is interesting because that movie is also out of print. 
Yeah. And is it? Also I was able to order that for like twelve dollars on Amazon. Oh, nice. I mean, when I we mean, did the podcast. Yeah, I ended up ordering it sometime after that too, uh, just so I could have a copy. And I'm really glad I did because I haven't been able to see it anywhere since. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Coincidentally, I've been trying to look for. I mean, I, I'm thinking about getting a hard copy of Wood Job as well because I really love that movie too. Oh yeah, that reminds me, I need to get my copy from my in-laws, who I don't <laughs> think ever watched it. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, special thanks again to uh, Jason Chow uh, on Facebook and Gabe at Demon Cores on Twitter for suggesting this movie for us. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it was maybe already on our short list, but like having multiple people recommended it, pushed it up to my attention. Definitely. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. So thanks, uh, Joey, what are we doing next episode? Next episode, we are returning to the world of truck Yarrow, uh, with the second film that I believe in English is known as the wild trucker. Um, yep. This is another one that's basically, uh, difficult to get a hold of, but, uh, you know, Enjoy listening to us talk about it. Um, this is a notable uh, film for featuring uh, Kunie Tanaka's character, Borsalino 2, that uh, <laughs> the character Kizaru or Borsalino uh, in One Piece is modeled after. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that a bit. Um, but yeah, and and it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's, it's, you know, hot off the first one. They basically... <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'll, we'll get into it, but they basically just remade the first one, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> threw in, uh, threw in a few extra little curveballs, but, uh, um, yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, revisiting that and, and talking with you guys about it. Yeah, me too. Definitely. This is, this is one I've already seen. I'm excited to revisit. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me, you can find me at Twitter at VriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Uh, let me know about, is there, did South Korea have an official, like, please use this name formatting policy? Uh, let me know if you know anything about that, because I'm curious. Um, and uh, yeah, I got nothing else going on. Alex, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Dude Exclamation, all one word. You can listen to me every week on the One Piece podcast. Um, check out Weeb Simpsons, my uh, Twitter account that I sometimes uh, shitpost on. And uh, check out Super Art Fight um, at twitch.tv slash superartfight. Um, we're doing a lot of cool stuff every Saturday. Um, so please come and watch us. Nice. Uh, oh, I will say another thing on Twitter. I, I've been on a food history kick lately. I'm about to read a cheesemonger's history of uh, Britain, mm. uh, just because I got curious about the history of British cheese. Uh, but if you have any food history uh, uh, books to recommend, let me know. Interesting. Joey, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Joey Weiser on Twitter and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, and you can also follow my new comic Dinotown uh, at Dinotown Comic on both Twitter and Instagram and uh, or check out my website tragic-planet.com uh, where I'm also archiving uh, Dinotown under the comics section um, and please check out my graphic novels uh, Ghost Hog and Merman um, there's a video posted recently on Lion Forge's uh, YouTube channel of me drawing merman and talking about how i draw merman and stuff so that might be fun uh to look up um and as for the podcast uh you can follow us on twitter as well at toho yaro where we tweet about japanese film news and stuff about our episodes and things like that um and you can like us on facebook uh, email us toho yaro at gmail.com uh, all three of those are good places to contact us uh, to suggest movies or talk about the podcast Um, And please subscribe, rate, and review. And check us out next episode for Truck Yarrow 2, The Wild Trucker. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Sa 